Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. This is the Eagle Hour with Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. Hey, good Monday afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. It's the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour, and we are glad you're with us. Well, the basketball season contends, uh, continues for Southern Miss men's basketball. We'll be talking about that a little later in the show. An old friend coming to the Pete uh, later in the week. We'll have that story as well. But we're going to start out the show today uh, talking about Southern Miss baseball. Opening segment, of course, sponsored again today, as always, by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, a proud supporter of USM Baseball and Southern Miss Athletics. You can enjoy their fresh, delicious beets that are smoked in-house every day. Or, of course, if you've got a special occasion, Dickey's is always available to do the catering. You can just sit back, relax, and uh, leave the work up to Dickey's. Loved here, loved everywhere. Dickey's Barbecue, just a great place to eat and a big supporter of USM Athletics. Glad to have them on the Eagle Hour. All right, well, a great weekend for baseball as Southern Miss starts the uh, 2019 conference uh, season with a clean sweep of Louisiana Tech. It's been a long week. The Golden Eagles on the road uh, since last Tuesday. Head coach Scott Berry joins us here on the Eagle Hour as he does every Monday. Coach, I'm going to guess it was good to sleep in your own bed last night. Uh, You'd been in Louisiana quite a few days. Yeah, it sure was, Bob, I'll tell you. And, but, you know, honestly, it went pretty quick. Like you said, we left last Tuesday, uh, played Wednesday in Lafayette, and then headed on up from there to Ruston on Thursday to uh, to work out that night and begin uh, conference CUSA play on Friday and uh, got home last night after dark. So uh, it went pretty quick, but you're right. It was nice to get in my own bed. Uh, I'm sure. All right, Coach, I'm going to ask you, uh, uh, an obvious question up front. Uh, your your team wins seven of their last eight games after an unprecedented five-game losing streak. What are the differences between the way the team is playing now and the way they were playing before you got on this current tear? Well, uh, obviously, I think uh, coming off the weekend, we're swinging both a, a little bit uh, better, and we're moving in the direction that we want to offensively. And we still uh, still need to correct some things defensively and play better there. But, you know, I, I don't know, Bob. I think we went through a stretch there where, uh, you know, I think we we faced some really, really good pitching. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Mississippi State uh, certainly has one of the best pitching staffs I think we'll see all year long. Gonzaga, um, you know, they brought in two of their guys that uh, were really good, one up, carved up. A and M, you know, the weekend after, mm-hmm. and uh, not that we haven't seen good pitching, um, you know, since that time, but you know, I think the uh, the arms aren't quite as as strong as we saw early. Uh, so I think offensively, you know, we're starting to get some confidence back. You know, a lot of times that that pitching will kind of kind of hurt your confidence when you're mm-hmm. not doing well. And, I think that's kind of what happened to us, in all honesty. So, but you know, our pitching has 
has been pretty consistent um, all all through all that, giving us uh, a chance to win those games and giving ourselves opportunities to do it. Just uh, unfortunately, you know, and in six of those games, at least five of those, I think we had a chance to win them. You know, right. one we just we did. We talked about that that second game at state. We got beat eight to one. So. Uh, you know, I just uh, I think that uh, probably get a little more confidence. Right. Well, coach, forty hits uh, in three games uh, that'll boost your confidence for sure. And uh, you had a lot of you had a lot of great performances uh, this weekend. But I, I, a kid that really jumped out at me and and my following the games uh, all weekend uh, was getting uh, Brent Blaylock back in your lineup. Sounded uh, to me like uh, he, he gave you a spark plug, so to speak. He did, you know, and what I hated that injury happened to him on Friday at uh, Mississippi State, that series in BP, right? I mean, I had to scratch him. He was in the lineup to go. Mm-hmm. I had to redo the lineup there uh, 45 minutes before game time. And, and then, of course, we don't get him back until this past Friday. So, you know, what's kind of remarkable about that is that uh, all this time he hasn't, he hasn't been swinging a bat. It's not like he's mm-hmm. been – you know, getting reps. He just hasn't. Thursday at practice, when we got to rust and we worked out that night, he 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 swung the bat for the first time and says, "You know what? I feel pretty good." He said, "I think I can go." And the next day, talking to him, I watched the BP. Kind of waited to write the lineup and, and watched him. Seemed to handle it really well. And and I said, "You good to go?" He said, "I'm good to go." So a great kid. Uh, you know, just an old throwback baseball player. I like to say, I mean, he just comes after you. He's like Rocky Balboa this past weekend. Man, he was bleeding all over the field. They were trying to knock him out. He kept getting up, and the ref couldn't call, couldn't call it. And uh, you know, so you know, that's what he reminded me of. But you'd like him. He's a fine young man too. He's a baller, isn't he, Coach? He is. He is. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, too, Brant Bowen. Uh, Brant Bowen, I thought played very well, and certainly came up big uh, at the plate for you yesterday. He sure did. You know, we caught him on on Saturday to give Cole a little rest, and you know, Cole was uh, you know our number one catcher, and, and Cole's swinging it well too. But mm-hmm. I don't want to wear that boy out, and uh, you know, down this early in the season. So uh, Brian is our number two catcher, and, and did a great job. And, and then, of course, we made some some adjustments late in the game, defensively and running, and some pinch hitting. Uh, opportunities to try to extend the lead and preserve the lead and then Sunday uh you know with with Horde going down with a hamstring on Saturday you know I was left with a a new spot for a DH and of course Bryant's been in our program now four years and I felt like that uh with them throwing a left-hander he'd be a good matchup for them and uh you know I, I, I got lucky and then he uh and he got after him so uh, no question a home run a double a single and two walks. That's that's pretty good day of the play. That's right. a pretty good day. All right, Luke, get in here. Yeah, Coach, uh, eight RBIs for your catchers yesterday. That sounds like old Brad Wilcut, you know, common box score. But but how big was it that uh, in the first two games, you're really two through five guys showed what we've kind of been expecting for them. But, you know, you got production from all parts of the lineup. Yeah, I'll tell you. And, and, and with that being said, uh, your initial statement with those two catchers, you know, yesterday we're we're on the uh, the blink of uh, not getting any momentum in the first first inning, and we have the bases loaded and and Cole with a two strike two out situation. He, I mean, he absolutely gapped one there and burnt the, the left fielder, and we score all three, and you know that kind of just set the tone. 
coming off the uh, the prior two games that we were able to win that hey we're not dissatisfied with a series win you know we're we're here to to win this sweep and and I think that was a statement right there that the guys made Pitching wise, uh, Walker got roughed up a little bit. Steve, you had a good performance. Adam Jackson gave you about three innings, but only four earned runs from your entire bullpen uh, the whole weekend, Coach. Bullpen is still the strength right now. Yeah, it is. You know, there was a couple of situations where I think we could have handled it a little bit better. Uh, I think we hit a guy yesterday and got a run in and walked one in the day before, and they inherited some running runner situations that we need to do a little better job of. But for the most part. I feel like that they really controlled the uh, the damage that could have come out of that. Obviously, there were situations where Lockett could have come away with big innings, and when I say big innings, that's three or more runs, and our guys were able to get those stops and and uh, and limit that damage that they were able to do, and really kind of take the momentum back to us or keep the momentum with it, us. I guess I should say. Yeah, it just seems like, Coach, uh, this year they are so. You, you were you told us in preseason this was the most returning pitching that you had had inning wise, but it seems like you guys got so many options. Ox been great. J.C. Keys has been lights out, and then you got those guys like Strick, Cody Carroll. They can come in and give you multiple innings. I mean, do you feel like you, this is uh, in a long time? This is the most options that you've had out of the pen. No doubt, and you know we identified that early in the in the season before it started when we. You know, we're returning 380 innings of 550 of the year before, so that's a lot of experience and a, and a, a lot of game experience that's coming back. And I think that was uh, that was crucial and 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 has been crucial in our success uh, with our pitching staff so far this year. So, you know, those guys uh, we're we're not afraid to really go to any of them. I mean, they uh, they proved their worth when they've been out there. So, you know, we'll continue to hope. They throw up those zeros and, and limit the opposition and run scored, and our offense will you know, continue to click like it, it did this weekend and we continue to carry it on into tomorrow. Yeah, Coach, big to uh, start the, the season out, though, isn't it, to, uh, to sweep a series? That's the way you want to start the year. Yeah, it is. You know, I really feel like that Louisiana Tech is one of the top teams in our league. I, I think in the coaches' poll they were picked third. Um, but, you know, Coach Burris, he has <clears throat> that team from last year. They're all back. And, well, I'll tell you now, no lead is safe in Ruston. Uh, that, that part, the ball really jumps out of there. And so you've got to you've got to compete at the plate, continue to, to score runs, and, and you've got to compete on the mound to, to limit what they do. And, you know, for the weekend, we hit 360 in those three games. Uh, that's, that's pretty good. You're going to win a lot of games there. And, and of course, the opposition's batting average for the weekend was 252, which is pretty close to where where our opponent's batting average is as a staff anyway, which is at uh, 244. So, you know, we did a great job there. We still need to continue to um, uh, clean up some things defensively. You know, we just hang on, coach. Let me uh, let me interrupt you. Get three minute break. Yeah. We're gonna hold you over. Uh, okay. Coach Scott Berry on the Eagle Hour. More questions for Coach after this. Stay with us, everybody.
Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back, everybody. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street, a great place if you've got a Southern Miss fan on your shopping list, uh, the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere. If you're listening in other parts of Mississippi today, you can check them out at campusbookmart.net. And we appreciate their support of the Eagle Hour. We're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry. I interrupted you, coach, with the commercial, but uh, you were talking about uh, continuing to improve on some other things. I'll let you finish that thought. Yeah, you know we're still uh, we're still trying to clean up some things defensively. You know we've uh, been our worst enemy back in uh, Tuesday or Wednesday at Lafayette. You know with three errors that proved to be costly in that twelve inning loss. That. You know, I think if we play better defense, and uh, you know, we we probably come out of there winning that game. But you know, we've, we've got to do better there. We've got to continue to get runners in better. Yesterday we didn't leave as many on, uh, but uh, you know, I think it was only eight yesterday, but twelve the uh, twelve the prior two days. So got to continue to improve. You know, you can't stay where you are, Bob. You got to mm-hmm. continue to to move forward with it. And I think what our guys have to understand too is that. Um, you know, we were picked first in this conference, and uh, you know everybody else is below us. They were picked below us, so they don't want to maintain where they are. They're all trying to get where we are right now, mm-hmm. and and we're trying to maintain where we are at the top. And with that being said, every weekend that we play conference play, everybody's coming at us with 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 the target on our back to to get. Uh, to get to where we are. So we have to understand that and be mature about it and, and go out and defend it every time we play. Right. All right, Coach, I know you competed all weekend against a very close friend of yours, and you've got another one coming in here this week when Coach Federico brings uh, the Monroe ball team in here. Is that Does that make it difficult? Do you enjoy that, or is that something you would prefer not to have to do to compete against guys that you're real close to in your personal life? doesn't matter to me you know it's like i've told you before i mean i'm not it's not the opponent or the person on the other side of the field that you know that we need to be concerned with we need to be concerned with playing baseball and winning the game of baseball you know it's got to be somebody over there whether it's your best friend your worst friend or somebody you don't know you know i mean they're all practicing to do the same thing as we are and win the game Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I think it's it's kind of you know I guess from another standpoint, it's kind of neat to watch how they manage their team and and how their team plays and how it reacts to things. Uh, so you know, with that being said, it's it's a little different match uh, than your normal. Uh, you know, not really knowing somebody, but mm-hmm. Fed is in his second year over at Monroe. And he's getting that program uh, going, and uh, you know I, I know they'll be competitive when they come in here for sure and want to beat the Gold Needles. So. You know, we, we need to get ready to go for tomorrow night, for sure. Got to be ready for them. All right, Luke, what else you got for Coach? A couple things serious, Coach, but uh, first off, in jest, uh, I'm sure in the off season though, especially this coming off offseason, uh, B.A. will probably talk smack to Lane Burroughs after that sweep, though. Does that really happen? Well, it'll be Travis Creel. I can assure you, he and Creel have already started <laughs> that. Uh, they, they do that year-round, so... Uh, you know that's uh, it was. It, we're all friends, you know, as, as we know. And there's a lot of ties between La Tech staff and our staff uh, playing here and with Southern Miss. So that's what kind of makes it unique, I guess I should say, with it. But uh, yeah, he and he and Travis have already started that. I'm sure. <laughs> 
With uh, Monroe um, tomorrow night, and this gives you an opportunity to talk to our listeners. A lot of people after uh, the Lafayette game, you know, they just don't understand coaching or baseball. And why are they running 11 pitchers out there? And, you know, the, the people don't understand the way a midweek game works. Just to, to say a quick word to listeners, Southern Miss fans out there, when you get in a situation like that, why they see so many arms on the hill in a midweek game. Well, I think if you had a true fourth starter or fifth starter, if you're playing two midweek games, then you would certainly let that person do that. And we've done that in the past. But, you know, on this given year, um, you know, we don't feel like that we do at this time. And we feel like that we're better uh, throwing up several guys, which we'll do again tomorrow night, and give them work. Uh, if, if you see the course of our games anyway, if our starters don't go in there, uh, don't take us deep into the game on the weekends, then we're not afraid to go into our, our pen and match those guys up and use them like we did this weekend. So, you know, that that's what kind of dictates it. If, if we had a starter that was a for-sure four-starter, I would not be opposed to sitting back and just letting them work and keeping us deep and, and going deep in the game and keeping everybody fresh for, for the weekend. But, you know, also those guys, Luke, have to throw bullpens in the middle of the week as well to keep themselves right. sharp, whether they're in the game or not. And so that midweek game or games enables that to take the place of a bullpen work. It's a live, it's a live bullpen in a game situation, which is probably going to be a better – uh, better teacher than than anything down in the pen that you can do when when there's not any uh, type of uh, competition going on. Yeah, that's a that's a great point for Eagle fans to realize. I uh, on the on the injury front, what's Eric Hord looking like? What's his status, Coach? Well, he's uh, you know obviously pulled that hamstring, so that's going to be something that's going to kind of limit him. If you've ever had a hamstring pull, uh, it's not fun. I uh, I suffered one in that regional with Mississippi State, and it lasted all summer long. So uh, <laughs> that umpire. But anyway, um, the um, the uh, but you know Eric's limited right now. It's something that we're not going to you know rush him by any means. You know he did come up to me before the game yesterday and tell me that he was available to pinch hit late in the game. Um, you know, the problem is going to be he's going to have to leave the yard, and certainly that was going to be the situation yeah. because he wasn't going to be able to run. So it was going to have to be the Kurt Gibson type uh, type at bat, you know, for, for that situation that the Dodgers did back in that World Series. So, But, you know, other than that, you know, just same old stuff. We're just trying to, to get through it. we got a lot of guys that just have those – little injuries, but, you know, they're playing through them, and that's what you've got to be able to do. Somehow, Coach, we managed to uh, get through two segments without mentioning Matt Walner. So uh, that's a that's a good thing to know that uh, Walner's back in it. But you got other guys to talk about on your team. So uh, we're excited to, to catch you guys tomorrow night. And uh, Bob, uh, it, it's just good to see this team start finding the rhythm again. No, that's right, and uh, they get the sense, Coach, that you that the the guys have gotten their legs underneath them, so to speak, and uh, uh, things are things are like we're all used to again. Am I right about that? Well, you know, we're moving in that direction. You know, I try not to get too excited. I know each each day is a new day, and it brings about new challenges. So tomorrow will be another new day, and it'll bring a, a challenge, but it'll be a game day challenge. So I'm anxious to see our guys coming off from uh, – these three uh, wins at Law Tech on the road, and let's see if that momentum pushes this bus, which we talked about getting out of that ditch and that 
in that five-game losing streak. And, you know, we, we talked about that bus running off on the ditch. Nobody's helping us. we got to help ourselves. You know, 35 guys got to come together and get it out of the ditch and push it down the road. So hopefully we're, we're gaining momentum as we go down the road right now. All right, Coach, good to have you guys back home. We look forward to all the games. Uh, and as always, you know, we thank you very much for coming on the show with us. My pleasure. Thank you. All right, Coach Scott Thanks, Berry, coach. everybody. Uh, just a tremendous guy and a tremendous baseball coach, obviously. All right, around the league, uh, lots of baseball this weekend. Florida Atlantic sweeps Rice, three games to none. USM, of course, swept uh, Louisiana Tech. Marshall beats Florida International two out of three. Western Kentucky sweeps UAB three games to none. Middle Tennessee beats Texas San Antonio two games to one. Charlotte, uh, best Old Dominion, the Golden Eagles' next conference opponent, by a, uh, a margin of two games to one. FAU in first place, 14-7, and 3-0 of the league. USM in second, 11-6, 3-0. Western Kentucky is 9-9, they're 3-0. Marshall is 12-6, 2-1 in conference play. Charlotte, 10-9, 2-1 in conference play play and that rounds out conference usa baseball so good to see the guys uh back in a rhythm luke and uh, the old southern miss baseball team appears to be back well it, you you get brent blaylock back i think people again uh because some people don't follow juco you know mississippi juco baseball as much as they should here's a guy that bats three he batted 380 last year uh over 15 home runs He's the guy that he's he's kind of in the same mold as Luke Reynolds. So you and again, don't just shoot down that statement. He's a guy that is is going to step into that lineup and immediately fill an offensive uh, hole. And we didn't have him really the first uh, other than Purdue. We didn't have him the other uh, two big series with Gonzaga and Mississippi State. He's a guy that came in and made instant impact, and simply because um, he he adds protection to that. He adds protection uh, to Slater. He can add protection uh, to Walner. And it's really unfortunate that Horde got hurt like he did because if you have Slater, Walner, Blaylock, and Horde, you really have uh, two sets of a three-hole and a cleanup batter that you have to go through from a pitching staff. So uh, I was really encouraged yesterday, though. Man, when you got two catchers that have eight RBIs, right? I mean that's a that that's that is really strong. And then again, the bullpen continues to be the strength of the team. Really amazing work by the arms this weekend. All right, when we come back, uh, as we mentioned, Louisiana Monroe up next for the Golden Eagles. We'll be talking uh, to their play-by-play voice, Mike Hammett, in just a couple of minutes. Also, of course, we're going to talk about Southern Miss basketball, uh, their bid to the CBI tournament, and their opponent uh, upcoming Wednesday night. Lots more to go on the Eagle Hour. Don't go anywhere. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
I want to thank head coach Scott Berry for joining us in those first two segments. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us today by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street, just in the shadow of the Rock in the University of Southern Mississippi. Great plate lunches, great Philly cheesesteaks, great shrimp po' boys. Go by and see them, and while you're in there, just look at all the Southern Miss memorabilia from over the years. It's the place to go for every Southern Miss fan, 4th Street Bar and Grill, located in Hattiesburg on 4th Street. Well, Southern Miss gets ready uh, to take on the Louisiana uh, Monroe Warhawks coming in uh, to the Pete uh, tomorrow night, and we are pleased to have joining us the voice of the Warhawks, Mike Hammett. Mike, what's going on? Hey guys, uh, I'm excited to get down there tomorrow night. Should be should be a good matchup tomorrow night. Has uh, has Fed been telling you some stories the last couple <laughs> years about the Pete? Uh, this is my first year at the program, but uh, yeah, I've been hearing a lot this week. Especially, uh, we already had our our coach's radio show just a couple of hours ago, so I, I had to ask him on air about some things. And so, you know, he's excited to get back down there, of course, and. Uh, get to see everyone once again and you know he's he's really uh looking forward to his team getting to experience the pete and everything that goes on there so you know i I think he's looking at this as a nice opportunity for his team to see you know where he wants to take this program he uh he had so much success here and and we were talking to coach barry about looking in the other dugout and fed being there and and uh, barry talks about the dynamics about how so many of his assistants and guys that he coached with are now head coaches now i know it will be special for for fed to come back this warhawk team seven and twelve on the year played some really stiff competition early on what have you seen out of the warhawks so far you know it's still a group that even though tomorrow night will be game 20 they're still coming together. They're still figuring each other out a little bit because there are 27 newcomers on this team this season. A lot of them are JUCO guys. There's a couple of high school kids uh, that came in as freshmen, but it's really a mix. There's a couple holdovers from before Coach Fed arrived. There's some recruits he brought in last year. So they're still getting their chemistry. There, there have been flashes where they have played really well. They had LSU down for much of that game on opening night in Baton Rouge. They have uh, really against Coastal Carolina even this last weekend. All three games ended up being blowouts, but they were right there with some opportunities, trailing 6 nothing yesterday, managed to get back in the game before Coastal blew it out late. But they're, they're right there. There's flashes. You see where this program is headed, but unfortunately the chemistry and things like that, uh, communication, still figuring those things out a little bit. And the bullpen, you're still trying to figure out what roles guys are in and everything. So, I, Coach Fed's got it on the right path. It's still just, uh, you know, still probably even a month, maybe month and a half. Hopefully, by the end of April, coming together at the time of year where it really matters most uh, down the stretch this season. Hey, Mike, you guys just got through with Coastal Carolina. All baseball fans remember that team from just a couple of years ago, obviously, uh, yeah. when they won the whole thing. Uh, what was your observation of them? Still a really top-caliber program? I think so. Uh, you know, Coach Gilmore does a phenomenal job out there, and they did a great job of taking what would seem like a little mistake that ULM would make and just making it look so significant. The best example – was yesterday's game. Uh, ULM was down 6 nothing. They came back, made it a 7-6 game with Coastal in front. And in that seventh inning, they record the first out of the inning, a fly ball, give up a little bloop double down the line, and then 
trying to turn a little play. The Warhawks uh, had a ground ball to first, threw it away into the outfield. A run scores. You think, okay, it's just a run. But they let that run. Coastal takes that run, takes that extra out. They turn it into a six-run inning. I mean, they're just they're so good at finding one little mistake, one little crack. And so Coach Gilmore has them rolling a lot of depth in the bullpen, of course, again for Coastal this year. Uh, we saw that over the weekend. They turned it over to some of those guys. It was lights out, and their lineup up and down. I mean, they lost Parker Shavers to a separated shoulder a week ago, their best player. They didn't miss a beat. They had a part-time player uh, before this weekend. Jake Wright came in, 13 RBIs for the Chanticleers of the series. I mean, he just lit it up. So they have depth. Coach Gilmore's got it rolling. And, again, kind of like Coach Fed looks at Southern Miss, the program he's building toward, he also looks at what – They've done out of Coastal Carolina and says that's what we want to do in Monroe as well. All right, Mike, what what are the Golden Eagle fans that will be there tomorrow night? Are they going to see an offensive team, a team that relies on pitching and defense? Uh, what's Coach Fed bringing to us? I think they would like to rely on the pitching and the defense, uh, but quite honestly, there's still a work in progress in all of those phases. The pitching uh, has been off and on. They've had some great performances out of the bullpen. They've really struggled with the starters this year. Uh, it's been a little while since they've had a starter get them through the fifth inning, quite honestly. So uh, even this weekend, yesterday, Caleb Sanderson went two innings. Uh, uh, Trey Jeans on Saturday took him through four with no hitter, but then gave up a home run and back-to-back walks and had to be pulled. And the uh, midweek guy has been Cole Martin. He will be the guy tomorrow night as well a left-hander that he's had. He's good for about two or three innings. He's hit his struggles in the fourth. That's what Coach Fed's working toward is just try to get guys into the fifth and then turn it over to the bullpen. So they're a little bit of a work in progress. Defensively, they have usually an error or two a game, and they make a mistake here or there, just kind of some communication things. And offensively, I feel like the batting order, one through five or six, is pretty good. They've really struggled at the bottom of the lineup to find some guys to fill in in the middle infield in particular and at catcher to give them some solid production offensively. So they're still sorting through and hoping somebody is eventually going to step up in a couple of those spots up and down the team. All right, Mike. Well, I don't think you'll see the Pete in full throat since it's Tuesday night, <laughs> but hopefully uh, hopefully there'll be a good crowd and, uh, and you guys will enjoy the atmosphere that we all love down here so much, man. We appreciate you being on the show and look forward to having you in Hattiesburg. Sounds good. Looking forward to it, guys. All right, Mike Hammett, everybody, who's the play-by-play voice for Louisiana Monroe University. All right, I wanted to save some time, Luke. I want to switch to basketball. Of course, basketball with a thrilling, thrilling game uh, against Marshall in the Conference USA Tournament, but just unable Friday afternoon to overcome mistakes and, and handle the big guy down the stretch uh, with Western Kentucky. So we kind of we left the weekend thinking that the season may very well be over, but lo and behold, the Golden Eagles get invited uh, to the CBI tournament, and they're back in action Wednesday night against Longwood University. Your thoughts about the Golden Eagles playing in the CBI? Well, just uh, go back to uh, this weekend. Golden Eagles had an opportunity to win that game against Western Kentucky. 16 turnovers, the most they've had all year. They had a, a lead, had a two-point lead, I think it was about seven or eight minutes to go, and then Western Kentucky just went to their bigs. Really, the, the, the statistic that really threw you for a loop, Western Kentucky with 34 free throws, Southern Miss with eight. Now, that's with attempts. 
So Eagles just had to foul, you know, down the stretch just because um, just those bigs got to them. But here's the thing: I, we we saw a, a tweet out. I think it was yesterday or maybe Saturday night. Uh, Tyree Griffin said, "Hey." basketball season may not be over yet and so you knew that the university was working um, for something cbi is a 16 team um tournament everybody has to pay 50 grand to get into it so the school is actually uh you paying money but i'm sure there's you know some generous booster somewhere that's probably footing the bull, the the bill for that and if you're listening we salute you uh from the eagle hour these five seniors you're, you're talking about deserve a chance to play again so they're going to go up to longwood it's in uh i think outside of farmville virginia they average about two thousand uh people per game this year um 12 and 15 okay in the Big South, 5-11 and 11 in the Big South. So basically it looks like this team wouldn't have been invited to any other tournament, but they paid for the for the opportunity to get in. Hey, it's another basketball game. Um, you, want, you may be wondering why in the world that Southern Miss is traveling. Uh, it seems like a 21 team should host this. You, have to, you actually have to pay more money to host it. I believe if you make it to uh, the uh, quarterfinal or the semifinals, that it's actually you know free to host. So this will be played at different spots. But yeah, I think it's a good thing. Seniors get to play another game. Well, I agree. And uh, there's some names you're going to recognize. UAB's in the tournament. Uh, DePaul's in the tournament. West Virginia's in the tournament. South Florida's in the tournament. Coastal Carolina that we were just talking about. So it's not a gimme. I mean, there's going to be some pretty good basketball teams. I, I tell you what, I don't know if the interim athletic director, Jeff Mitchell, made this call. But if if you did, thank you. It was the right call. Whoever made the call, it was the right call. These five kids, uh, that, that was my biggest thought Friday night, Luke, was uh, I, I just – I was sad at the thought that these five kids might not get a taste of some postseason basketball, uh, the five seniors I'm referring to that have been so invaluable for the program. And I, I personally am very, very glad they're there. And, hey, man, I like their chances. I, th- I think they can win some games in this thing. I think they can. They're, they're matched up against uh, a Michigan team and DePaul. And so if they get past Longwood, they're probably going to be playing DePaul, and DePaul was pretty good this year. But here's the thing. Get to play another game. So let's win Let's win tomorrow night, or let's win Wednesday night, and uh, let's, let's face round two. All right, we'll talk a little more about that and uh, wrap things up when we come back. The Eagle Hour is on the air, and we're glad you're with us. Stick around. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Carter's Jewelry, located in Petal, Mississippi. Also online at cartersjewelry.com, Facebook, Instagram. 
greatest jewelry in the world, including that famous SMTTT line. Shay Carter and her friendly staff can help you in any way. Carter's Jewelry, proud sponsor of the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Dalton Stanford, as we begin another week together on the Eagle Hour from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. So Southern Miss taking on Longwood out of the Big South Conference Wednesday at 6 p.m. We'll actually have their play-by-play voice on tomorrow to get to bring us up to speed about not just the team, the uh, the school as well. That game can be seen on ESPN Plus um, that I'm I'm being told. Bob, you looked into uh, these college basketball invitational. Some interesting things popped up when when you were researching it. Well, here's now, now mine's a little different take, but you know, many years ago, I don't know if you remember a coach named Jerry Tartanian, coached the UNLV Running yep. Rebels. Really, really good basketball coach. Always in trouble with the NCAA. And one year, Jerry Tartanian famously said. One of these days, the NCAA is going to get so mad at North Carolina, they're going to put Central Michigan on probation. Well, lo and behold, in the CBI tournament is Central Michigan, and if they were to upset DePaul, Southern Miss would play Central Michigan. Southern Miss, of course, turned out to be the Central Michigan that Jerry Tartanian predicted, because when the, you know, we remember, Luke, the NCAA found out that North Carolina was falsifying classes and creating classes and doing all sorts of things for their basketball players. And who'd they put on probation? Southern Miss. So Southern Miss and Central (laughs) Michigan could actually match up in what would have to be a nightmare for the NCAA. Yeah, that would. I'm sure they would be. Uh, they would lose sleep because of that, Bob, for sure. But the way it works is uh, the first round of the CBI is Tuesday and Wednesday of this week, and then uh, the quarterfinals are on March 25th, and then uh, the semifinals are next weekend, the 27th and the 28th, and then the finals. This is interesting. I didn't know this. There is a best of three. For the final. So it's not one game. It's the best of three. And where is April that? 1st, where April 3rd. I've been still trying to figure that out. I think it's it's it, it's played, all, from what I'm reading everywhere, it's played in, in one of the two teams' uh, stadiums. Okay. You know, so we'll, we'll try to get that figured out by tomorrow. But, yeah, Southern Miss is paired up against Longwood and then DePaul, Central Michigan, opposite the bracket from them, where the quarters would uh, quarter game. Or if they got to a semifinal game, they'd be against Western West Virginia, Grand Canyon, Coastal Carolina, and Howard. Okay, what if Grand Canyon advanced? That's Dominique McGee's old school. Man, there's a lot of storylines here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a whole lot. Yeah. Um, let, let's... Let me just throw this in just because a recap from this weekend. Beach volleyball wins, uh, women tennis wins, softball uh, gets one from from FAU, just to bring you up in case you're wondering what happened this weekend. But when we look at the NCAA tournament, let me just end Monday's show, Bob, um, by just griping to you about how apparent it seems that Conference USA uh, either doesn't go to bat for their teams or – the other aspect to it is is that uh, Conference USA basketball um, nationally is not seen as very good at all. Old Dominion is twenty six and five, and they're a fourteen seed in the NCAA tournament. Western yeah. Kentucky doesn't get an NIT bid, and you would think with Stansbury's respect around the uh, the country from what he's done. They have a lottery pick with in, in Bassey. They don't get an NIT bid. 
One of the most interesting uh, rankings to me, as I told you uh, a couple breaks ago, Southern Miss finishes the season with a net ranking of 91. Old Dominion, league champion, 26-5, and five, who I thought that somebody beat Syracuse. Maybe it was Old Dominion beat Syracuse. They finish at 100. Western Kentucky, who beat Arkansas, finishes at 111. So not a good... Not uh, not a good uh, look uh, nationally for Conference USA. No, and, and you know that kind of goes back to the leadership. You've got to advocate for your conference. It's one thing I've always said about the SEC, buddy. They know how to promote themselves. You listen to an SEC coach do any kind of an interview, any coach. They're not 30 seconds into the interview that they don't drop. When you play in the toughest league in the country, when you play in this great league, and kudos to them. I mean, it's, you know, that's the thesis of advertising. Repeat something enough, 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 and it gets in the brains of people. It's gotten in the brains of people that, you know, the SEC's always going to get a ton of teams in every tournament. And the Conference USA uh, public relations machine, Luke, uh, nothing compared to the SEC. Nothing. Nothing. 20, 21, 21 one-bid leagues in the NCAA tournament. Conference USA, one of those. Big 10 gets eight teams. ACC, SEC gets seven teams. Big 12 gets six. American and Big East get four. Pac-12 gets three. Atlantic 10, two. Mountain West, OVC, and WCC get but two look, each. But look, don't go back. So, don't ever take away the way they pick the NCAA tournament. When the small conference champions are automatically in – don't do away with that because if you ever do, it'll become yep. like college football. It'll be all SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and that'll be the basketball championship. So I'm not advocating any change there. Nevertheless, glad to see the Golden Eagles get to continue to play. Look forward to listening to them uh, Wednesday night. Remember, you can hear the show on Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher, and at supertalk.fm. We're glad you're listening live, though, and we encourage you to listen any way you can. Back tomorrow at 1 o'clock, everybody. Until then, Southern Miss. To the the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.